They tell me you're a man with true grit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you asked for it. It's time to drop the hammer on the fastest podcast on the internet. Welcome to True Grit. I am Shane Davis, your host, and my sidekick over here, Pat. Pat Moore, how you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. All right, you're Glad supposed to be, to be playing baseball. Yep. Now, I did get word in Bettendorf you were on home plate in a grass skirt doing a rain dance. I was, actually, and so if that video surfaces, then that was not the case. Okay. But yes, I, 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 I'm not going to deny the fact that I did a rain dance. All right, man. Well, hey, I'm glad you're here. Uh, Mars Racing Series, uh, we'll get to that uh, last week. Team Dunright Cars, 58-59, they had a pretty good run. Yes, they did. Yeah, they were hot both days. Um, uh, the 41 car was fast on, on Friday, and then the 59 took the whole shebang on Saturday. $15,000 to win. That's nice. Mars That's Racing Series, it was the uh, the fall brawl, 60-lap feature. That's right. You, you know what? In in um, I'm glad to see racing back at LaSalle. That's a that's a, a market just outside of Chicago. It's a nice little racetrack, and so I'm glad to see um, I'm glad to see them back open and having a good race and having a great turnout of cars as well. All right. Uh, fourth annual Dale DeFrance Memorial up at uh, Marshalltown, Iowa. Justin Kai, the Flying Farmer, the big winner up there, picks up the win Thursday night. Comes back to Davenport Speedway Friday night. Thousand win late models and picked off the win there. So pretty good weekend. For Justin Kai, the flying farmer. How about how about that versatility? Hey, how do you like that? And he yeah. said, the corn is planted and the beans go in next week. Do they sleep at all? I you know, know. I, I came I came a couple of weeks ago to, to Friday night to Davenport. They had a double decker hauler with you know with a stock car and a late model, and I'm thinking, man, I am full time busy with one car. I know. You know? Can you imagine that? Yeah. That's awesome. My That's God. Awesome. And uh, let's see some of the specials we got coming up this Friday night. Lucas Oil MLRA Davenport Speedway. May 14th, and then Saturday night, uh, they're going to go up to West Liberty, Iowa, and they're going to be racing up there May 15th. Uh, they're going to have, besides the Lucas Oil Late Models, mods, sport mods. They're going to have the Ayers cars on Friday night at Davenport, and then Saturday they'll have the uh, Nostalgia Late Models. Admission is going to be uh, $20, teens and seniors 17 12 and under free, pick gates 35 bucks. gates open at 3 uh, and... Uh, grandstands open at uh, four o'clock. Yeah, uh, you know what? It should be a good show. If I remember right, don't quote me on this, but I believe that the World of Outlaw Late Models are off this weekend, so I, w- I would expect some heavy hitters for those yeah. shows. And then finally, before we get into our regular show coming up May twenty first, we have got the Badger Midgets at Davenport Speedway. You're an open wheel guy. Yes, I'm sir. a stock car guy, so. Tell us what we should expect of those Badger Midgets. Some absolutely great racing. Uh, midgets ran, you know, they, they have a, a pretty storied tradition in the Quad Cities, kind of faded away. These guys are based out of primarily the Madison, Rockford area, Chicago a little bit too. There is a small contingent of guys from uh, from here in town that have kept it going. It's a great program. I can't wait to see them. They sh- they're the first time back since I think I just saw over the weekend. It was 1997 or 1998. All right. So I'm glad to have them back. It should be a great show. Check them out on the World Wide Web at www.bmra.com, if I remember correctly. All right. Well, hey, I am really excited tonight. We got a couple of special guests here. How about that? How about that? We got the ghost, Nick Hickson, in studio with us tonight. And his dad raced a lot of years, won a lot of championships and features. 
in Modified. Rick, how you doing, Rick? Good, good. How you doing, Shane? Uh, not too bad. And Nick, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Nick, we're going to roll the clock back. We're going to talk about the patriarchs of uh, getting the Hicks and Race team started. Uh, your dad, you know, I always called him Red because back in the day he had red hair, okay? And, and, but his real name's Bill. Right. Okay. And your mom's name? Carol. All right. And I remember those two liked to dance. Oh, yeah. And, you know, at some point they decided, hey, we're going to start dancing on a racetrack. We're going to get Rick and Mike, you know, behind the wheel of a race car. How'd that happen? Oh, my, my brother was in high school, and, and uh, he come home one day, and, and he went to the races, East Moline Speedway, of course. Okay. And uh, he come home one day, and he says, Dad, he says, I'm going to, I want to get a race car together, you know, so yeah. he went to a used car dealership and, <laughs> and bought an, an old Dodge Dart, is what okay. he bought, 67 Dodge Dart. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> didn't check the rules too good, because we took it up there one night, and he ran it one night after he got it all built. And the wheelbase was too short. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now that would stink. Yep, yep. And, and, and some fellow racers brought that to the officials' attention. And I'm not say any names, but yeah. you know, hey, what are you going to do? You, know, you, you can't you run that fast. short wheelbase. That's like right. <laughs> so what you end up doing? You just take those leaf springs and you drill a hole about you know a foot back and pull the rear end back in. Kick in it. And, yeah. yeah. Hey, so uh, I remember the Chevy. I think it was an Impala that had a 396 in it. Yeah, run big blocks all the time. Big blocks. And you know what I love about the Hickson Racing Team? I was talking to you about this earlier. That uh, Cobra Snake you got that was part of the number two, the first time I seen that, was on Mike's car. Right, right, in the yeah. 70s, yep. And uh, he ran for quite a few years there. And then, uh, you know, he had kids, of course. And and uh, his his son, Jamie, ran for a few years, too, out in the Lido. Yeah, right, Lido. I remember and, that. So. And life gets in the way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It yeah. does, you know. Okay. Well, you know, uh, you know, I was always amazed at how uh, tight he'd wind up that 396. I thought, ain't no way that's a big block, but uh, it was. Yep. They yep. won a lot of shows with that car. Yeah. So, Rick, uh, we'll talk about sponsors. You know, one of the ways that, you know, one of the things that help uh, make a race team very successful is finding good sponsors. Now, Pat, that's tough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, but I tell you what, it's, it's imperative uh, today. And it doesn't matter if you're running street stocks. Um, you know, modifieds, late models, you know, full-blown sprint cars. Without financial support, you can't do it. Now, Rick, you drove for uh, Rob for a little while, and then mm -hmm. you hooked up with, well, in fact, I think you had Sentry on that car, but you hooked up with Sentry Tool Supply and Dave and Sharon. Sure, yep. I, I work there currently, actually. been there almost 30 years now with them. So, oh, uh, yeah, once I started uh, driving that, that first mod yeah. with Sir Rob Gus and I still remember the first race I ever won in East Moline. I ended up beating you. Yeah. And I actually spun the car out right in front of you, and you were in running second. And they, and then luckily they threw a caution for another guy. So I got my spot back. It was a Labor Day Classic. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, boy, you better not step on it again, you yeah. know. You only and, get one uh, shot. Yeah, because he was hot at that point in time. Yeah. That was 87, yeah. you know. Yeah, man. Running that days. Norton car, and, and pretty much you're the man to beat. And I'm like, boy, he's on me. Don't give him you a know, second chance. Nope, I blocked like I had never blocked before. <laughs> that car got so wide. I thought I was following like a freight train or something. <laughs> My God. But Dave and Sharon, uh, you know, they've been with you how many years now, Rick? Uh, well, I started driving for them in, in 1988. Okay. And uh, they've been along with us. We just stopped running a couple years ago here and uh, put her away for a while. And, but uh, always backed me 100%, you know, and... Got lucky, you know. Yeah. I got lucky. I mean, oh I drove, you know, my own cars, you know, and uh, 
started in 82 when I was 15 years old and uh, drove my own cars. And then he came along and I yeah. was going to quit. I was actually going to hang it up, you know, in 86, 86 and uh, met Rob Gus. And he, he said, what are you doing? I said, I, I can't afford to run and have a kid, you know. And kid eats he eats food. Yeah. <laughs> he eats a lot, too, yeah. you know. And, and uh, Rob says, well, why don't you just drive my car then, you know. And I said, well, you're going to have to take care of it all because I can't afford to do it, you know. Family comes first, so. And uh, he got the, he got me into it, you know, and uh, a couple of years of driving that, and then Century Pool came on board, you know, full time. Uh, I started working for them, and and then uh, they just took over and took care of me for a lot of years. You know, we had a lot of success. Oh, you didn't. You know, I remember uh, the black car you had. I think it was black in uh, 1989 when you won the championship at East Moline, mm-hmm. and then the following year you said, "Hey, we're doing the short track. We're going up to West Liberty because at that time." West Liberty was the track to be at. I mean, you know, anybody who is anybody is running up there at Liberty. So tell me about the transition from a quarter mile to a half mile. Did you struggle at first, Rick? Or? Yeah, you know, uh, we went up there with, a, you know, the, the, the car I won the championship in 89 and Moline with, uh, we actually built ourselves. Okay. Um, and uh, so it was it was an old, we made a truck arm car, okay? So nobody had one that. of those. It was like NASCAR, man. <laughs> yeah. That's where the idea came from, you know, yeah. and nobody was doing it. And the car worked good on the shorter tracks, but it was heavy, you know. And the first year, we kind of went up there and got, you know, bounced around a bit by, by the guys that were fast, but you learned, you know. And then the next year, I said, well, it's, it's the homemade car's got to go. We're going to have to buy what's fast. And at that time, it was Frieden, you know, you know his he, cars, champion cars, or Harris. Sure. You, you know, had to have a, you know, when I went up there at Liberty to watch, I said, man, you got to have a champ car up here to win. I mean, literally. Like you said, Harris, Champ Car, that's what was uh, winning every night. Yep, and exactly. he built a heck of a car. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us about that Frieden car. I remember uh, the first one that I seen was one that Rick Wages had. And there was literally no seat in it like Nick has in his car now. I mean, it was just aluminum down there, and you threw a pad down if you wanted. But, yeah, sure I mean, did. it was racetrack right underneath that interior. It was The interior was your seat. Exactly. Yeah, they had no seat in it, and, your, and it was... It was two link car, you know, with a wishbone coming yeah. along, and that wishbone was right next to your hip. Oh man! You know, the left side wishbone wow. was because you were sitting so far back in the race car. Wow! But uh, he had quite a design there that uh, huh. worked for a lot of years. I they, they worked. They worked a lot of years. I mean, uh, they dominated that dry slick racetrack, which you could always count on West Liberty being dry slick. Yeah. I mean, Frieden, that's he told you the track's going to be smooth as glass, and it's going to be. And slick. it was, yeah. You know what? <laughs> and it was. Yep. Every yeah. week. So, Nick, uh, tell me about you jump behind the wheel. What was the first year, and what were you driving when you got into uh, racing? Uh, I raced go-karts for a couple of years when I was younger, and then uh, I started. I got a street stock in 2005, Okay, and that was the first year I ran. Wow. And then uh, what do you think? You know, usually, you know, Rick, I, Pat, we've all been around this a long time. You see a guy jump in a race car, and you see him run one night. It don't matter if he finishes last or where he finishes, you know – whether or not he's got the true grit to get out there and run with the boys. And when I seen you, I said, Nick's got it. He just needs, you know, a little experience. So did you use that first season to kind of figure things out? And Dad was probably giving you some direction along the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I didn't do very well at the, at the very beginning. And, I mean, the street stock thing was a lot different from the, than the go-karts. And, <laughs> it worked. And there was – I mean, when I started, that was when Tony Vondresky and Jeff Stevens were battling every night at Davenport. I mean, there oh, was Adam God. Opendike was racing then, and there was a lot of fast street stocks, and there was 
there were the first three or four nights there was concies, so it was it was tough to jump right into that. But oh man, no kidding. So when did you start to find success? Uh, this we moved to the B mod the second year. Bought an old champion car from uh, Mike Flugel, and uh, kind of struggled with their wishbone setup. So then we cut it off and put four bar on it, and it got a lot better there. I got a couple seconds and started winning heat races, and then and then the the second year in the B mods when I really got better. We got a we got a Pierce car, and uh, we were running good at Davenport, and they were kind of tearing stuff up. So we decided to go to Tipton, and I started racing against Chris Zog and Mitch Morris, and those guys were really fast, and it was always slick and that was where it really started to get a lot better. But, you know, uh, one of the things about Tipton I always liked is, uh, you know, typically when I raced up there, there wasn't a lot of beating and banging going on. I mean, Rick, I'd bring my car home alive every night, you know, up there. Right, right. So, yeah. you know, we liked it up there. And, you know, Mitch Morris, Zog, a lot of them guys, they were uh, they were clean drivers, still are clean drivers to this day. And uh, part, of the, part of winning is bringing that thing home alive. So what year did you win your first feature? 2009. Okay. All right. Yeah, been about 12 years ago. Wow. And then it was just downward and upward after that. Uh, kind of. I won two features that year in the B-Mod at Tipton. Okay. And then, uh, then it was, I think 2012 was the next time I won, and that was in a open mod at Columbus Junction. Oh, man, what a change. Yeah. Now, hey, nice Columbus Junction. Uh, Pat, did you ever run down at Junction? Yes, I did. You yes, know, did. they used to have that dike on the back yeah. stretch. <laughs> and, you know, if you want to be fast... They better be able to read your roof when you're going down the back stretch yeah. up there at Junction. How'd you like that, Rick? Oh, yeah. yeah. Been, on, been on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, first time I went down there, I seen these guys, uh, uh, you know, in front of me. <laughs> I thought, well, there ain't no straightaway up there. Where are you guys Where, going? What are they doing out there? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I never wanted to know what was on the other side of that, though. <laughs> no, a lot of especially water. In a, yeah. Especially in a sprint car. Yeah. But I asked I, and it seemed like a lot of times, you know, um, There'd be rain in the area, and that's what the racetrack would be fine. But then it'd come up over that dike, especially before they got that dike. I think they built a little bit higher, and and it flooded the whole the whole racetrack there for a while. So. I remember one night they were having a drivers meeting down there at Junction, and I said, "Hey, I want to know what's on the other side of that dike," and they said, "Snakes." <laughs> <laughs> I want to yeah. find out. You know, yeah. I'm going to stay off that dike. So, hey, we want to let you know. If anybody's got any questions, you want to ask uh, Rick, Nick, or any one of us, post it uh, right below the show. That's and right. We're reading the comments here. Also, make sure that you like and share. Feel free to, to share this either on Facebook. Um, uh, click on the link and, and share it on your local page. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Um, smash the like button. Uh, that helps us out. And um, Nick, I see people are asking about a bush light. Why you don't have a bush light in your hand? Hey, what's that all about? There's got to be a story there. I got to work tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're suspicious of the water is what I'm seeing. I got a couple oh, of comments man. here that people are suspicious of the water. I like that. Hey, Nick, we got down uh, 2012. You won a big one down at uh, Columbus Junction. Uh, how do you like that track? I mean, you say that your favorite track was Tipton. But Junction's kind of a different beast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just, for some reason, I was really good there from the beginning. Uh, uh, he, At that time, we didn't really have many people going with us to help us, so it was pretty much I ran Friday and he helped me, and then I'd go Saturday and help him at West Liberty. Okay. So uh, we decided a lot of play tracks were starting to go IMCA, and we had the open motors, so um, we decided to go down to Columbus Junction. It just it worked out. They didn't have a lot of cars. We were getting anywhere from like eleven to sixteen cars a night. Okay. So that was nice learning the open mod thing and not having you know sure. going to West Liberty where there was a Concy and 
you know, in a lot of fast cars. So we started getting better there. And then uh, the race I won down there, Steve Stewart, had he'd won like 10 or 12 in a row. Oh, and man, he one was of the, fast. Yeah, he was killing. He was winning races at West Liberty, too. And um, he, I think the year before that, he picked off a big one at Tipton. was like two or 3000 to win at the end of the year. And and uh, one of the fair board members put up, a, I think it was a $250 bounty on him. But he had to finish the race okay. to get it. All right. And I think Scott Fridley had won one a couple weeks before that, but Stewart okay. broke. Yeah. So the bounty was still alive. And uh, I, I led, I think I started up towards the front and I led almost the whole thing. And, and uh, with two to go, there was a caution. Oh. And we came off two, and Steve had just got to the outside of me. Yeah. And uh, I was running the bottom. And I thought, boy, I better make this thing wide. So I I was up on the dike down the back stretch and then running down on the bottom and uh, he he jumped under me on the last corner and actually got gave me a little donut on the door and he gave it everything he had and and after the race was over he said man you look like a windshield wiper out there in front of me I said well, I, I didn't want to give you any room <laughs> yeah that's the way you do it man so that yeah. that one was pretty cool that was the biggest race I'd won so far and the highest paying one because with the bounty on there it was like almost six hundred bucks I'd won so. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Patrick uh, Brenner says, Sherry wants to know if Rick will sign Nick's door that we have hanging in the Rednecker Fence of Fame. Hey, <laughs> I like that. There's got to be a story there. So, Rick, you got to make sure and sign that door for Oh, me. yeah, I'll sign it for you, Sherry. Nice. No problem. Nice. <laughs> I caused you a couple of bush lattes, but we'll get her done. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> I like that. Okay, uh, let's talk about the Reinhardt Memorial. Uh, you won the street stock portion of that, 2019-20. Uh, of course, Rick and I, both your dad, we raced with Gary Reinhardt, hell of a racer, great guy, just, uh, you know, would do anything to help a person out. And, uh, you know, on that fateful night, it was uh, raining out that night. Caution had come out uh, yet. Uh, Gary's leading the feature. And it got around a little hot. And, man, you're on that grease, punch the fence, and, that was it for Gary. So it's nice that we can honor, you know, a guy like uh, Gary Reinhardt uh, by having a memorial uh, for him to help remember him. So uh, what did that mean to you, Nick, when you uh, were able to pick off that win? Kind of walk us through how that night went. Uh, that first one we started, I drew bad, as usual. Uh, <laughs> so I think we won the heat race, and I, I don't know, I drew like 10 or something, and it was the track was really slick, and they were running us, they run the IMCA uh, stock cars with us yeah and uh with their motor combination it kind of helps them out when it gets slick not having okay. as much power so i was <clears throat> but we we were able to move right through i think everybody went to the bottom and i went to the top and there was there wasn't much there but you can really build momentum at tipton on the top because it's not real sharp you know sure and uh and car was just great and and we flew around the top and nobody else was up there and and it was really cool to win a memorial race for oh, you yeah. know somebody that race nice. locally and and uh, i know cassie pretty well Sure. So she was she was pretty excited. I think she wrote Dick Hickson on the check instead of Nick Hickson. But <laughs> <laughs> is that I a like Freudian it. slip? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Oh my god! You know, you talk about Gary Reinhardt. I was uh, going through some old pics I had today, and I found a picture of Gary when he was a little kid, and he had built a model, you know, of somebody's race car. But he was, but I'm going to say he was probably eight years old, and I posted a picture of it on Hawkeye Raceway Memories, and I put a picture of it on uh, Cassie's page. And I said, hey, this one's for you, because she had never seen it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny how a lot of those old pics are out there floating around. And a lady had passed away, and her daughter said, hey, Mom said, uh, you know, uh, when the good Lord calls her home, she wanted you to have these pics, Shane. So she brought all over all these black and whites. And in those black and whites uh, were that picture of uh, 
Gary Reinhardt. So it was kind of neat seeing him, you know, as a kid. Uh, his mother wrote for the Hawkeye Racing News. She was very active. Charlotte Reinhardt, she'd go down to the Daytona 500 every year. And uh, Gary, one of the top drivers, he loved tipping. And, uh, so it was nice that uh, you were able to win that thing, Nick. So sure. now, I, I am not on top of uh, the difference between an IMCA stock car and the Outlaw Street Stocks we race. What I mean, is it shock packages, trailing arms? I mean, tell me what the difference is so I can understand that, Nick. Um, the trailing arms, they can adjust theirs compared to our rules. They, they want us to leave them in the stock location. Okay. Um, they can adjust them on the on the rear end housing, and then uh, they're they have different motor rule than what we have. Right. Um, they have different uh, cubic inch requirements, and they have to run smaller carburetors with a bigger cubic inch and things. So, so what what carburetor do you run now, Nick? Just the Holly four barrel. Okay, seven fifty. Okay, yeah. And the IMCA stock cars, what do they have them guys running? Uh, the big motors they have to run the three fifty CFM two barrel, and then. Uh, and then, uh, was it 500, I think, is the... For the 360s? The 360, yeah. I believe it's 500, two-barrel you can run for the 360. Now, Rick, you remember when we were racing back in the early days and you had to have a 500 CFM Holly two-barrel? We just sent ours off to California, and they made it whatever size you wanted it. Yes, they did. Sent <laughs> some 780s, and yeah. Hey, you look down, and you're like, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, that's, you stick your fist down, and you're like, oh, my God. That look like a good. garden hose dumping down there, you know? Yeah, I've seen some big ones. <laughs> I, I don't know if you had anything like that, Pat. You know, and that's that's an interesting thing. So when Griff and I were walking through the pits, my son Griff and I were walking through the pits, I have never raced a car other than than, a, than a, 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 an outlaw cart that's had a carburetor on it. Everything that I've ever raced has always been a fuel injected, you know, mechanical and fuel injection. So, you know, I look at carburetors and, and man, it's, it, I, I feel like I'm completely in the dark. You know, I feel like there's Mr. Wizard working on those things. There's somebody working on it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, and, and, and the technology in the modern carburetors is, is absolutely amazing. You know, when you look at a fuel injection, a mechanical fuel injection like we run on the midgets and the sprint cars, they're, they're pretty simple. Really, I mean, it's it's all based on the fuel pump, and it actually sprays the fuel right. There's there's no float, and there's no excess amount of fuel that's being sucked in. It's the 100% of what's filtered through it is sprayed right into the injection. So. Okay. Hey, we're gonna have a little. Uh, uh, we're gonna give away some free tickets to the races. Everybody likes Wait free this. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we got a picture up there on the uh, monitor right now uh, behind Pat, and it's. Uh, well, it's the Peterson Super Service uh, 57 Chevy, number 32. Okay, the first person to identify the driver of that and post it below our program, you're going to win two free tickets uh, for a weekly show, not a special event, and you're going to have the choice of Davenport Speedway and Kai Promotions, 34 Raceway Park, Donaldson, or East Moline. It's going to be your choice. How so about that? Your choice of four? Well, you begin, you choose, yeah, that you pick awesome. four tracks. You just wow. say, we're going to give you two tickets Anywhere. to one of those four, but uh, you pick Not the track. Not just one, but your choice of four. That's that's yeah, awesome. That's pretty that awesome. That is awesome. So if uh, anybody had seen that picture up there, uh, you might want to put that picture back up again for a moment. I don't know if anybody had identified that, but uh, that picture is probably back from, uh, I'm going to say, the late 60s. And if... You uh, know who that is, drive the number 32 car, post it, and you'll get those free tickets. And we'll let you know who the winner is. The I just one. want the 57 Chevy. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Young, good-looking guy driving that car, and he was a legend in racing. 
and you might want to go get your dad for this one or your grandpa. Yep, and make make sure you post your your guesses or your comments in the uh, in the comment section. Oh, there we go. Yep. We got a guy up there at top, but he is watching from South Carolina. That's right. Wow. And he uh, has, and so we're going to have to go above that. Is that the first one, Pat? You tell me who the first uh, one that has the correct. It looks like is that the correct answer? Right there, it Jen. Looks like, uh, Jen Crouch. Yes, I, like, I might know her. <laughs> yeah, she's been to a lot of races. And who was that, Pat? Uh, that was Dean Montgomery. All right, Dean yeah. Montgomery. So, Jen, get with me. Let me know what you want. Uh, uh, tickets to East Moline, Davenport. It is a weekly show, not the specials. Donaldson or uh, 34, 34 Raceway. Raceway. Yeah. yeah. So How our first that? winner. Woo. I'm excited. I know. Me too. This Man, is awesome. Jen, yeah. You had to ask somebody for that answer because I think your mom answered Oh, that. she said actually it was mom. Right. I knew it yeah, was mom. Yeah, she's being honest. I like that. Uh, yeah, like that's that. right. Honest and single. So, hey, How about that? That's a know. wicked combination. So, Nick, let's get back to the racing uh, deal. Shock packages today. I mean, man, when Rick and I just started out, your dad, uh, boy, you throw a couple 94s on the back of the car and put a put a 76 and a 74 on the front and go racing. Yep. Today, the shock packages are so exotic. Have, I mean, today, to go fast in the Outlaw Street Stocks, you don't just go down and pick up four shocks. I mean, you got to buy some nice stuff. Is that right? Yep. And so... What are the guys spending on a shock package for a street stock? I mean, can you spend sixteen hundred or nine hundred or where are you at on that? Yeah, I, I you could spend that much for sure, pretty right. easily. And uh, do you go to Eckrich to buy those, or where do you go to buy? That's who, who we got ours through. That's right. actually the same set of shocks I was running on my modified when I was running. So really, yep. Okay, and so then what about springs today? You know the uh, the coil springs. What do you run? different today not much you know for the street stocks it's almost like when we started with the mods you know you go to brad's or DeBills and yeah. and pick up the rate you want and they're pretty much the same you know five and a half or five inch and you know whatever you want yeah um nothing real fancy that way the shocks i think are what everybody's spending a lot of money on okay. now are you guys running gas filled shocks or or just uh oil filled or both, both. actually yeah right. it depends on what corner of the car you're on um, what I did over the winter time because I'm just cheap is I got on the internet and I learned how to rebuild them shocks. Very did nice. Did you really? Yep. And Very I nice. got on there and I went down to DeBills and they, and uh, QA1s is what we run. Yeah. Nothing special. But uh, now I know how to valve them myself yeah. and to recharge them with the nitrogen. I mean, I can. I bought all the stuff. It cost me 500 bucks, I think it was, for, yeah. the, for the kit. Yeah. And uh, you got to know how to read a, a digital micrometer. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. Calipers. Yeah. You can do that. I'm telling you, they even got a video on on yeah. there showing you how to do it. I mean, if you race like we did, yeah, we didn't go buy things when we no, started. No, we you built, built it. Right. We and built it. everything: control yeah. arms, sure. chassis. We built it all. Exactly. And exactly. That's the way it was done. So uh, Nick's car looks real soft when he's out there on the racetrack. I mean, it's just kind of floating around out there, uh, and whatever you're doing to it, it works. So there's probably a lot of people out there with. Uh, you know, a pad and a pencil right now. You're not going to tell them what shocks you're running, are you? Oh, uh, they're red. Red and color. Red, okay. red, red well, shocks. Special the, red shocks. The secret's out. Now we know. <laughs> how much, back to the shocks, though, how much are have, are you guys changing on a regular basis? Or, or when you find a setup, and this is one of the things that intrigues me about stock cars, when you guys find a setup, do you pretty much stick with it? 
yeah. for a local track. Yeah, you pretty much do unless unless you get a night where it's real r- rough and wet. You know, and then we'll stiffen the right side up a little bit just to control the car a little better. But okay. otherwise, we pretty much just run the same ones all the time. Okay, nice. And now, nice. shot or uh, tires. Let's talk about that. You know, I see a lot of guys in open wheel modified and late model, and they're putting a super grind to them, and they got you know their whole routine they go through uh, for working their tires. Can you do that with your street stock, or how limited are you? Do they uh, let you sipe the tires, or what are you doing? Yeah, we can sipe them and uh, and you in grind them. There's okay. no no grooving and. Uh, that's that's about it. Okay, now uh, tell me, you know, why are the guys wrapping them in plastic? They say that if you keep them clean and and uh, keep them wrapped up, they won't dry out. Okay, makes sense. Um, the oil will stay in the tire. Yeah, the softener will stay in a lot yeah. better that way. You know, I thought, yeah, should, I, right. should I pull that pin <laughs> or not? And then I thought, you know, no, you go, you walk through the pits and see how many guys got derometers yeah. in their toolbox. Oh, right. Right. Man, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Oh I thought, God. you know what, Patrick, should you mention that? And I thought, no, let's not pull the pin on that grenade right now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, <laughs> Nothing yeah. like an interrogation. That would go from an interview to an interrogation. <laughs> right, right. But no, you know the uh, cars have changed so much. I mean, when your, your dad and I started out, we just you know put them together, go out and race them. We didn't grind the tires, we didn't sipe them, didn't do any of that stuff. So I'm very uh, fascinated by you know what direction the sport has went, and that you know in your class, uh, you know you're even you know playing with the exotic shock packages. And I know the last year I raced late model was uh, 2000, and so uh, you know I made a phone call to one of the top late model guys, just said hey. I'm kind of out to lunch on this shock deal. You know, it was new to me. And so tell me what to buy, and I'll go buy it. And boy, uh, you know, the shocks he told me to put on the car it made a world of difference. Uh, we went from running seventh the week before. We won the feature that night. And, you know, I was just amazed at what a difference having the right shocks on sure. your car can awesome. make. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, that's why I asked about the shocks. So in, in, in the sprint car midget world, we change shocks on our, a lot. Well, two things that are that are really different. That's one of the reasons why I like to ask is that, first of all, if you ever have a, an incident where you run into somebody else or even a tractor tire or something, you rip the shocks off the car and the shocks are destroyed and they need to be fixed. So you don't really want to spend that much on them because they're expendable. Mm-hmm. However, we change shocks based on setups. And so you can run three different shocks on, especially the front end, sometimes the right rear and sometimes depending upon the track conditions on the left rear too, because they change the setup of it. So, you know, we'll go from a, you know, from a tie down on, on one and then a standard shock to what would be an easy up and then a standard or any combination thereof. And if you don't understand what that is, that's, that's the valving difference from, you know, what the shock moves either in or out. So, I know enough about shocks to look at as I'm wandering through the pit area and see what some of the guys are running. And that's why I'm like, so they run an easy up over here and a tie down over there. And I'm like, well, are they changing? Or whereas most people wouldn't be able to look at it and and see what the numbers are and subsequently what they mean. But uh, that's why I'm curious. I'm I'm asking a lot of people so that I can learn too. Sure. Yeah, sure. Hey, so uh, Timmy Kern, Ryan Doom, the fall bash. Uh, Man, I was amazed when they started that fall bash how packed that track got. I mean, they just got packed. And Nick, you were able to pick off a win on that one in 2019. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a good one. That yeah. Was... How do you like the camping out and the, you know, more than one day show and all that stuff? Is there a lot of partying going on or are you just focused on racing? Well, uh, with the Outlaw Street Stocks, they usually only run us one of the nights, so I haven't okay. gone up and camped or anything yet. I yeah. planned on it all the time. It just never, never okay. happened, but... 
Uh, here there's a lot of party and a lot of fun going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so up there, you know, Tipton, you kind of talked about that. Uh, one of the things, you know, I liked about that track was it was always large, sweeping turns. It was kind of a momentum track to me. Mm-hmm. Now, when your dad and I were young, one of the things I disliked about Tipton was, man, that backstretch was dark. You know, when they had the old lights up, and I yeah. said, man, this would be a perfect track, but you got to get lights in here. Well, they fixed that. Yes, they did. You got the new lights in. And then I want to ask you, uh, grandstands, you know, I'd seen they put some new grandstands in last year. Were those temporary or were they permanent or do you know? I don't know for sure. Yeah. I think, I think they're, you know, uh, Kathy Deloy posts quite a bit about that. Okay. Um, you know, because I think she has something to do with the fair board or something. But yeah. um, they're, they're doing something with the grandstand there, which is great. I yeah. mean, it's a shame they can't run weekly there, you no know, because it's a nice place. Such a beautiful track. And, yeah. you know, all the years uh, Dr. L's been prepping it, and even before that when Frieden had the track, it was always just smooth, a great mm-hmm. track. I mean, I, I really don't remember when I raced up there, you know, we'd run the National Series up there once a year and hit and miss for special events, but uh, I don't ever remember it, you know, being a rough track. No. I mean, it was always, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in great shape. Yeah, we only got to run the sprint cars there once a year, and, and it was it's always, you know, it's flat enough around the inside but banked enough around the outside. They always put on great shows, mm-hmm. and like you say, the track was always always really prepared, really nice, and it was always standing room only for the sprint cars. So yeah. uh, it was always so, one of the ones I circled on the calendar. You know, the one thing I didn't like up there, and uh, I don't know how you'd fix it, you're just going to have to live with it. You know, the grandstands are on the east side of the track. And the sun sets on the west. And, man, if you're up there in the grandstands, I mean, my God, that sun's just right in your eyes. And especially yeah. since what's in one of the unique characteristics, of if you've never been there, I know we all have, is the track is actually elevated, too, which makes it even worse. So the track is up here to where, yeah, like you say, you're looking right into the, the setting sun. Yeah. Uh, hey, we got some pictures up here that, uh, you know, our, our uh, Nick's uh, race car uh, feature went over at Davenport Speedway. I see that right about there. that? Beautiful car. I love gray. Without a doubt. And that was uh, Rick's car. Sentry Pool number two. That was that black That's one. That's the first we Harris car we got. Was that okay. Nice. And this here, uh, Rick? That's a Shaw car. Okay. Yep. There's the old 10-year-old street stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, that's not the car you got now. Yeah. It's still mm-hmm. the one. Same yeah. car. Oh, my God. See, that, here's the thing about this. You know, and this, I've known this for years. Sometimes when you find a race car that works. Oh, yeah. You hate to go buy a new one and take a chance. You know, if you have a stellar year, and I've yeah. seen a lot of guys do this over the years, and then they say, man, I can be so much better next year if I buy a brand new one just like that. I'm going to tell you, fellas, they ain't all the same when they ain't welded together the same. Okay? They ain't all the same. So, <laughs> and rolling the dice. If you got a good one, stay with it. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until yep. it falls apart, stay yep. with her, babe. I remember we were on the uh, Hawkeye Dirt Tour, and I went up to uh, Independence, Iowa, and we uh, rolled the car across the scales, and they – we rolled it back, rolled it on, rolled it back, rolled it on, and they said, "I said, what are you rolling the car on and off so many times for?" They said, "Well, the scales say it weighs twenty six hundred pounds," and I said, "That's because it does." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, "Hey, it works." I mean, what do you do? Yeah, you know, and, and this car here is not a lightweight car by any means. Yeah, it's had a hard life, but whatever, however, it's bent. It's bent in the right it's spot. Bent in the right, right spot, way. Man. Yeah, don't <laughs> touch it. Don't Perfect. touch it. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing to do is come in after the heat race and say, "Well, what do you want to do?" The optimum thing to do. Is you get put fuel in it, go get a hot dog. Nice. Don't yeah. touch it. Don't it's worth it. <laughs> that's right. Oh, if God, you change anything, it. I'm gonna. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's been for years what we used to do. We throw them everything in the trailer at them. You know, if you weren't winning and you didn't think you were fast enough in that yeah. heat, 
You're throwing springs at it. You're throwing shocks at and it. We've seen, you know, I mean, I've done it. You've done it. I mean, you got parts flying everywhere. You're oh, like, yeah. man, we yeah. got to make this thing go. <laughs> and the guy that made on that whole deal, Rick, was the guy that ran the parts trade. Parts oh, yeah. Right. J.C. Dubill, right. the race car sure. parts made out well. Yeah, he's that. like, here's the <laughs> shocks that are take you to the promised land. And you're 50 like, oh, horsepower okay, by putting these shocks on. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, take a look down here. Doug Lenth. Uh, Jen Crouch says, uh, okay. She's talking to Doug Lenth. Uh, Tim uh, Goldstack. Rick needs to race slot cars. Now, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> a whole now, you know what we do in the winter months. Yeah. Pat and I race slot cars. we got sprint cars, modifieds, late models. You guys got to come out Thunder Road Hobbies, race cars. We'll loan you a car. Pat's got loaners. I got yep, it. Absolutely. You, know, absolutely. You, you mean we can't claim one? No, you, just can't you can claim, claim one. one. <laughs> it's the cheapest hobby you can get into. But that's, you know, 100 bucks, you go race that's it. Right. And that's right. Yep, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. In fact, I think that's why Pat hasn't brought a sprint car out yet because... You, so cheap. Yeah, that's right. Yep, I I've covered the slot car track though with the plastic, and now now the the sprint car operation now takes up the majority of the shop. So. Tables are gone, chairs are gone. They're they are. They're away. torn down, and the sprint cars out in the aisle. I'm actually putting a brand new chassis together, and the 360s going together in preparation for the Sprint Invader season. So all right, hopefully we'll be out all running. Right. So Great. yeah, just Great. looking at that stuff. Yep. Uh, let's see. Gould's still talking. He's living down in South Carolina right now. So. Living vicariously down where it's warm, right? Yeah, that's right. Not wrong with that. Especially, especially today with the weather. He's mm -hmm. probably sitting on a boat right now talking to us. Uh. <laughs> so the guys that we have pictured up there with your race car, your pit crew, you want to give a shout-out to the guys that give you a hand every week then, Nick? Yeah, for sure. Uh, one was my cousin Jamie Hickson, Mike's son. Oh, yeah. That raced okay. for a long time. Right. And then uh, the other one was my brother-in-law, Jerry. Okay. So they and give then... up their summers most of the year, come help, and... They always got something good to say. And your dad talked about how he's still out of Century. Yep. And then, Nick, you're doing what now? I'm a, a electrician with the IBW 145. Wow. Very nice. 145. Yep. So I'm how do you get one. into being an electrician? Uh, Mike Zemo <laughs> Jr., actually. No kidding. <laughs> yep. All right. Yep. He One day he texted me and said, hey, get down there and fill out an application. They're looking for apprentices. So got down there and did that, and it took off from there. Very so nice. So you're done with your apprenticeship. Yep. And now you're... You're making the big money. Yeah. Yep. So if one of us need a loan, we know where to go now. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a race car, Shane. You forgot about I that. I know. That's, yeah. that's right. There you go. There that's you go. Uh, where all the money goes, too. Uh, you know, again, hey, if you got any questions on there, we've been reading the board. A lot of people uh, joined on, but uh, put a post right down below the show you're watching right now. And, that's right. Uh, let us know if you got a uh, question. we got one up here right now. And don't, don't forget to like and share. Please share a video. It helps us all out. Josh Whipple wants to know when Rick's going to get behind the wheel of a race car again. <laughs> what do you think, Rick? I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's not totally out the window, I guess, but yeah. I'm having probably the most fun I've had in a long time. Yeah, good. So good. Now, Rick, how old are you now? Uh, let's see. I started counting backwards 10 yeah. years ago, so <laughs> 55 is where oh, okay. I'm at right All now. Right. So. I like that. Hey, I, I'm, uh, I'll be 62 next month. And so the window has closed for me, but you still got some life left in you, Rick. And if you said, you know, the bad thing about it is you said you got a modified sitting there and there really are never race ready. Cause you go, Hey, if we're going out again, we got to have new tires and we got to have this oh, and the yeah. other. And you. before you know it, there's a thousand dollars out the window and right. Just uh, to get her going again, but, you know, yeah. but Hey, you still got the car, the trailer, you got a truck to haul it with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they, they, Central pool owns that car. I don't have any money in that car at all. Yeah. Um, 
So it's that's theirs, you know, and, and I don't see it coming out. Um, anybody wanted to buy it, you know, it'd be for sale. Like sure. I say, it's complete. Sure. Um, and 16 was a good year for Harris. Yes, and it was a fa- good fast car. Yeah. I had good luck with it, you know. Um, it's not all beat to death, so I got to feel like a car salesman right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rick, uh, that one, uh, that was when you run up at Liberty, so it's probably all set up for the half mile right now? Um, no, actually, that, that one I ran at Davenport the last few years. Oh, you did? Okay. Just ran That's Davenport because okay. I was getting to the point where I was done traveling uh, that far. You know, yeah. you know how it wears on you after oh, a while. Yeah, you know, you did the tour and yeah. Yeah. when you were running for yeah. Norton. And, uh, you know, that as young as you are, you go, you go like crazy. You'll get wore be, out. Yeah, before he was born, I was running, you know, three four nights a week. You know, I'd go to Friday night, I'd go to Farley, and then I'd go to West Liberty on Saturday, and I'd go to Dubuque on Sundays. And then if Knoxville had a, a show on yeah. Wednesdays, we'd run we're down going. there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We were going. But it, hey, Bob Lynch says uh, says that you could still do it, though. <laughs> Bob Lynch says, uh, says that he just turned 59. No, Johnny just turned 59. He said, you could still do it. So, And, that, yeah, that's, that, that is one thing. And then one of the things that intrigues me about the stalker racing is that, that you get to race at home. You know, I mean, and I, so I'm right there with you, you know, right. I'm, I'm in my fifties now and, and the difference between spending all weekend in, in the toter home and, you know, and, and having a two, three, four hour, six hour drive to race and then come back versus getting to race at Davenport on Friday night, yeah. you know, and sleep That's in my own bed mm-hmm. with my son watching and, you know, and, and stuff like that. It's pretty intriguing. So. Pat, Doug Lenth has got a question. Uh, has uh, has Rick or Nick ever turned any laps together? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, we raced uh, my open mods quite a few times. Okay. Nice. Um, hey, and, how, you know, uh, I know how it was with my brother, but, hey, you're pulling up on Dad. Do you kind of lay a little rubber on his door, or what do you do? Actually, I think the first time we did it, I, I did get his quarter panel a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And I pretended, I pretended it wasn't me afterwards. He <laughs> said, I came you. down. I'm like, yeah. I'm serious? I'm yeah. ahead of you. <laughs> oh, man, that's we great. Had, we had a that's few impressive. races together, definitely. And, you know, uh, I still remember West Liberty one night. We were out there hot laughing, and I purposely went out alongside of him. And uh, we went the whole hot lap session side by side. Per, oh, my gosh. Nice. And it, and it was hard. He wanted to beat me. But, and, but uh, it was fun. Yeah. And, uh, and Rick, man, you probably had your foot through the firewall, driving like your hair's on fire. He ain't getting by. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, no, giving I, him nothing. I, I envy you guys. So my my son Griff, who's twelve, I love taking him even to the rental go kart places, and nobody beats and bumps on him more than Dad does. That's right. That's so one, yeah, one of the times we came in, he said, "I don't know who this was, but this guy kept banging into me," and I'm like, Ooh, "I don't know who that was." I said, you know, <laughs> was was I'm sure. I'm like, and then later I said. It, if it was me and he goes dad <laughs> that's the way to do it yeah hey so uh your mom and dad do they mm-hmm. still go to the races do they watch on done right tv or well uh, my mother passed away two years ago oh she did okay yeah, on my birthday and and uh my dad yeah he watches you know on done right and actually he was there uh friday night two friday nights going with one Oh man! So he was right. at the gate. That is yep. awesome. Did he yep. get down to the fence? Whenever yeah, he's he down to the fence. Yeah, I just seen a bunch of people screaming. I couldn't make anybody <laughs> out. They're just kind of going crazy. Yep, yep. So he, oh, but he, he gets. You know, that. I really like the done right deal. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great idea as you guys did, but uh, you know, a lot of folks, especially with the COVID deal going on, I sure. mean, you reached out and made a way for him to still be able to go watch the races, you know, and and I got to say, it's it's probably going great for you. I it's would going think. Great. You yep. know, the crazy thing is, I'm sitting there looking at it, and I remember opening night at Davenport. I thought can't have everybody in the stands. How are we going to make this work? 
you know, we ended up, we started out with the World Outlaw Show, and things were crazy. And then the next week, our weekly show, we had 165 cars, and this, the governor allowed 10 people per car. Well, instead of them paying 12 bucks to get the scans, <laughs> yeah. we had a bunch of pit crew guys. Uh-huh. That's and right. so they were in there at 30 bucks a pop. Yeah. Yep. And I'm looking at the, uh, you know, where people are signing in from, you know, on the done right thing. And, you know, I'm looking at Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Missouri, Minnesota, North Dakota, Texas, uh, Mexico, Germany. I'm like, how did somebody in Germany find out there was races in Davenport, Iowa? But, you know, hey, it's the Internet. Yeah. I'm old. I don't understand all that stuff. But it's really amazing to me that, uh, you know, we've just kind of opened up the whole United States to being able to watch uh, the races. And I know at the beginning of the night when I tell people, uh, uh, you know, we're live across America, uh, let the people across America know what the fans in Davenport, Iowa sound like. And they go crazy. That is awesome. Just crazy. Yeah. And they go crazy when people win. And it's just sure. nice that... You know, we've got that added audience that we uh, uh, that we take you know advantage of now. And I remember last year we're uh, heading up to Makokota. They had a Lucas Oil show, and they had trouble with the uh, film crew. So all of a sudden, Kelly uh, gets a call, and they said, "Hey, can you do the show up there at uh, Makokota?" And we went up and did that Lucas Oil show up there. And I'm telling you, I- I'm just thinking, don't put the cameras on the grandstands because. They were packed. I've never seen a crowd like that in Makokota. And I announced up there as a weekly guy for 12 years. And it, it has really, you know, kind of brought our sport to a new level. Because, man, mm-hmm. you know, if you got a relative in, uh, you know, in uh, Nevada and they want to watch you race, Nick, they just got to log on to Dunright TV, go to, uh, like, uh, you know, I, all, I'm new to all this stuff. So my daughter says, well, hey, let's, uh, the big screen's a smart TV you got here, Dad. So mm-hmm. we just go to YouTube. You know, we That's type right. in done right, boom, we're That's watching races. And how lucky are we to have local racing? On uh, uh, with a provider mm-hmm. like like Kelly at Dunright does. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I'm so excited about doing a show oh, like this, yeah. is yeah. because we're local racers and we get to race yeah. here locally and have it broadcast worldwide. Mm. Just myself, Griff and I, this this uh, just this weekend, we got to re- watch open wheel racing from you know from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and California all in the same night. You know, mm-hmm. and, and here we have a local provider like Dunright TV that has our local racing that's broadcasting it out there for the whole world to see. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah and the, uh, the amazing thing was uh, when this whole thing went down last year, Kelly went out and, you know, this equipment you look at, we got here in the sound studio, this is first class. Yes, it is. And what we got the racetrack is all top dollar equipment. And he made the investment and kind of rolled the dice mm-hmm. and thought, hey, is this thing going to work or is it not going to work? And, that's right. you know, it was uh, the best thing I think that's ever happened to dirt track racing. And, uh, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, we've seen our cow, car counts uh, going up at Davenport. Uh, you know, when we you sign in on a Friday night and you got 33 mods, 33 sport mods and 22 late models and 16, uh, you know, uh, outlaw street stocks. Uh, and you compare wow. that to other tracks out there right now, uh, you know, there's other tracks out there that, that are struggling, mm-hmm. and yet the promoter has to understand. I think sometimes when they look at, well, I don't want to put it on TV because I don't want people to sit at home versus coming here to the track. Well, guess what? When you look at those numbers and the people that are buying the program, they wouldn't be there at the track. That's They're right. across America, and, you know, maybe... Grandma is not feeling well or not able to get out. Now she can stay at home and watch it on TV. Sure. She wouldn't be at the track. Yeah. So, you know, it's great that we can do that. Uh, well, I think yeah. it's going to help, you know, right now, if you think about local racing and, and, and adjust, 
what you guys are doing is gonna is gonna bring it back. It's the best thing for it I've seen so far. Yeah. Because let's face it, I mean, it's it's been dying. I mean, it's it really dying. has. And if you say it hasn't, you're, you're uh, yeah, you're you know, not watching the numbers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see it every week. So I mean, uh, the best thing I think you can do is what you guys are doing because it it, it gets people interested again. Yeah. Um, it's great. I, I can see the promoter standpoint. You know, I got to get ticket sales to make sure. a living, and, and and I get it. You got to make a living, but you have to get people interested again. What really helped is when it's cool outside or cold. And the older folks, they're like, "Man, I ain't gonna go sit up there," you know. No. But they sit at home and look at their big screen. And then they say, "Okay, it's warm. Let's yeah. go this week." You know, that's right. Well, in, in especially coming out of COVID, and we talk about this uh, almost every week, it seems. But especially coming out of COVID, people are looking for something to do, something that's safe, that's not inside. Mm-hmm. And you know, we may not be comfortable going out to dinner yet. We may not be comfortable crowding in to listen to a band, but. Um, and so all of the, the additional racing fans that, that have been exposed to it because of the technology and because of shows like this and the broadcasting, you know, we encourage them and we should as racers, all of us, should encourage bringing new people into it and say, hey, get out to the racetrack. It's, yeah. it's cool on TV. Don't get me wrong. That's amazing. It's amazing that we have this. It's even better to check it out live. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's. Yeah. Hey, look at this. Mike Zemo Jr. saying. Nick, you are late to everything. What's the story about that? Late to the racetrack? Late to what? Oh, uh, never gets in a hurry. Yeah, <laughs> that's a guilty uh, face. Just always, he's just one. always ready way early. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's totally different to me because when I when I race, I'm in a race car two races ahead. Yeah. And I'm strapped in, ready to go because right. I'm just my focus level is. You're zoned. I'm zoned. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. I got to find him. <laughs> okay he's off talking to somebody or he went to get a hot dog. i don't know where he's yeah. at and he never gets he never gets fired up which is probably a good thing it makes him yeah. calmer on the racetrack i guess but uh yeah no he's never in a hurry about anything and yeah. that's probably why you know when we came through the gate the what was it two years ago first night out we were like late yeah and uh started dead last and one that night yeah <laughs> nice hey. and i'm like let's go and he's like don't worry we got time he goes, I don't have to run to eat. And I'm like, well, I'd like to see you run to eat and start a little further up. It yeah. doesn't matter. We'll make it. No, and it'll I'm be like, okay. No, we that's a driver to, with confidence. Yeah. We waited until yeah. June to race. I wasn't in any hurry to get there. Yeah. But, but isn't, isn't it normally switch where the, where dad is normally the, it's okay, don't panic. You know, yeah, we don't really need to run warm-ups. We don't <laughs> yeah. really need to run the heat. And the kid's like, come on, we got to go. Oh, yeah. I that's think right. I pace around that car more than he does. Uh, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm back and forth, back and forth, you know, and, and he's just like, what's your problem? Nice. You know? Rick, you were in a zone. When you when it was race time, uh, you know, whether we are down to Lido, East Moline, wherever you're at, you were in a zone. And, I mean, it was it was a different Rick Hickson. You're there to race. You're not there to BS. You're not there to do anything but race. And you were zoned in. And, I mean, I remember that about you uh all the years you raced and you know there were a lot of drivers in that time frame with us that they kind of zoned in too and they were they were there to go racing so i think it's kind of cool that nick can just kind of chill out and you know not get too excited about anything yeah if i so he would sit in the car and just think about things that could go wrong. <laughs> and he'd be like, hey, go check this. Take the, you know, the, the truth yeah, Double check the air and the left yeah. rear tire and stuff. If I do that, then I'm, I distract myself and, I'm, and then I don't focus. So I try to just stay a lot more relaxed and 
That's not get good. so hyped up. Rick's in there, you know, that sounds like a U-joint. I hear a knockback. <laughs> yeah. 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 Put the fuel cap on. That's right. Did they tighten that bolt? <laughs> Do we put and one I remember, I don't know two? if you're like this, Nick, but, uh, you know, you're leading the feature. There's two to go. You start hearing all this weird stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God, they, the gauge move, fuel pressure move, the, you know. And so, you know, you're just worried about, hey, am I going to make it to the end? But, Nick, you being Nick, probably just, hey. No, I, I still do that, too. Actually, uh, the first the first points night um, when Jesse Owen won and he right. was spewing water everywhere, um, there was a couple couple laps there at the end where I thought, Something thought was, was breaking. You. I was I was hitting the water after I thought about it, but I thought I was I was losing breaking an axle or something, or it was starting to strip yeah. the splines off because it would it would randomly just rev up and spin and and I was like, man, I think something's broke. We were checking everything, and then we were That's I was standing was. around talking with Jeff Struck and, and Tony Von Dresken. We were talking about Tony or how much water was Jesse was losing, and I was like, I bet that was what what I was hitting. But yeah. at the time, I was thinking something was broke. <laughs> and I got to tell you, one of the best shows over there at Davenport. I mean, you guys put on a show every night. And, you know, when you start talking about Jeff Strzok and Tony Von Dresky and, uh, you know, yourself and on down the line, and there's, you know, six, seven cars out there that can win a feature every night. And so mm-hmm. it's amazing to me uh, that, man, they always let you have that high side, Nick. <laughs> and, you know, one thing that I was always worried about when I'd run the high side is getting that right rear over the cushion. But, man, you got it down, Pat. You must have, like, eagle eyes or something. Uh, I attribute that to running Tipton. Uh, in the in the open mods, yeah. uh, Ryan Dolan would just fly on the top oh, there. There'd be yeah. nothing there. He he'd dip the right rear over and yeah. and uh, I couple nights he actually lapped me and I stayed out. Usually we would pull off. I see the little layover flag, but I stayed out and followed him, and it it was just crazy. And you could almost watch his right rear tire and watch his throttle control when he would dip over and it would throw the rooster tail and you could see him back out of it and he'd come yeah. back on and and uh, and the car works really good so that helps. When I feel yeah. it go over, I can roll out of it and it stays on. It doesn't. You know, or I can bring it back on real easy. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, great. Nice. I think it's a testament, too, to all of the different tracks that you run. A lot of a lot mm-hmm. of local racers just stick to the one. And, and running all of those, I realize the difference between a Columbus Junction and a Tipton. They're totally different racetracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it says a lot for your flexibility that you're able to run so many different places and be fast everywhere you've gone. So Thank you. Yeah, and i got to tell you that, uh, you know, back in the day when uh, your dad was running down there in Knoxville, Illinois, we had a lot of fun down there for a couple of years, didn't we, Rick? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Rick Benson had it going on. He had a great track down there. Coors uh, sponsored the racing. Uh, they had awesome crowds. On a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you go there, and I, I'll tell you, they packed the stands. They packed nice. them. Mm-hmm. Roger Sollenberger was the announcer back then. Oh, yeah, Roger, yep. And uh, <laughs> they had a Hardee's, uh, you know, right there next mm-hmm. to the racetrack. Yep. So, man, when the races were over... It was off to Hardy's. That's right. You know, everybody's That's over right. there in the drive-through and inside. <laughs> Couldn't get weighted on, but but we had a lot of good times down there, Rick. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, good racing too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, Nick, we're uh, we got about five minutes left. What does the future hold for Hickson Racing? And Nick, do you do you think you're going to stay in the uh, uh, you know the Outlaw Street Stock? Do you envision yourself someday going modified, or where are you at right now? Um. I think my heart will always be in the modified. I loved racing the modified. We just I couldn't afford it okay. what I needed to you know really be competitive and yeah. Um, I think we'll just we just got to see what we can afford. You know, we don't sure. want to go and and you know take a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Every night it isn't any fun. I tried it. I was like, oh, I want to run the modified thing. And it's just it will you know if you don't have the funding Today. to get what you need, you can't. 
Yeah. You can only go so far. Uh, you know, and when you talk about that, I mean, you got to have, you know, you know what you got to have, the best of the best of the best. And I'd give you an example. I remember uh, four weeks ago, Ricky Thornton Jr. had his modified on the Internet, and I don't know if you've seen it on mm -hmm. there, but he said it, it came with a spec motor and an open motor, $75,000. Are you kidding me? Yeah, isn't that I something? Saw, I mean, are I you think, kidding me? I think I his comment was, it better be made of gold. It yeah. better be made of gold. I'm like, better have a brick of gold inside the air cleaner or yeah. something. Yeah, I saw I saw one of them uh, with a spec motor. It was a modified with a spec motor. It was like 35000 Yeah, I thought, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That makes sprint car racing look pretty economical. Right. <laughs> and when you look out there and you look at the caliber of cars out there running, you know, sport mod and open wheel mod, I mean, there, you know, again, you got 10 guys that could win that feature that night. And so when you spend all the money you have, that just gets you in the game. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, you know, mean you're going to go out and win. I mean, look at uh, Mitchell Morris, brand new Harris car. Everything on the thing's brand new. Goes out opening night, wins his heat, and then he breaks a Jaime on it. Brand new everything. Goes out the next week, wins his heat, starting third in the feature, and brand new everything, and blows the uh, fitting out of the power steering pump. So, man, when you're talking about spending that kind of money, you got to look at in you know investment uh, what you got coming back in ratio and mm -hmm. boy, the way you're running Nick in that uh, street stock man I uh, you know I'd hate to see it go anywhere else right now even though you want to be in uh, modified you got to be realistic mm -hmm. and hopefully uh, Dad keeps buying lotto tickets and you're going to run a lotto one of these <laughs> yeah, days yeah one of these days right be nice. yeah, <laughs> that's right yeah we'll probably uh, I don't know if they go to the IMCA thing I just, Stock cars were close to that, so that's probably where we'll go. That, nice. That's a very competitive class, and yes, yeah. it is. I talked to we talked to Johnny Spall quite a bit at the end of the year last year, and then we went up to Tipton, and he kicked everybody's butt up oh there. Oh my god! And uh, he was fast again at Bristol, real fast at Bristol, yep. and then real he got COVID, fast. so he yep. couldn't run the feature. But can you believe that? Isn't that something? <laughs> wow. I couldn't I mean, believe that either. Yeah. What's the odds? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then uh, you know, I do a lot of the Liberty shows up there, so. Uh, you know, he's almost unbeatable up there at Liberty. Yeah, he, he beat me at the Outlaw Stock Car Show. Right. He was trying to tell me he had his IMCA motor in there, but I'm we, know, sure we know better. We yeah, know better, right. Johnny. We know that was, <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah, that was your modified motor, we know. <laughs> they always want to say that when they beat you. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got my little one in yeah, tonight, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, and I lost a cylinder on lap three. <laughs> All yeah, we ever say know. is we got the only one in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he actually commented uh, the first... Or it was two weeks ago, the night, the, before the night I won, he asked if I if I need to borrow the little IMCA motor. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, we still got a little time left. I want to ask you, so are you guys buying motors or building your own motors? Uh, we build our own. Okay. Every yeah. year. I, Every I, year. I, since I started, I mean, I always did my own motors. I even built chassis for a while, you know, yeah. before I started. Nice. I figured that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now I'm into the shocks. I do the rear ends. I do the transmission. I can take, I can build it. And you know what? These guys out there nowadays, yeah. if you can learn to do that, I'm telling you, you can almost make it affordable. But if, sure. you, if you don't want to take the time to do it, You're get your trouble. checkbook out. Yeah. Because uh, let's face it, I mean, I looked at a, a flyer the other night. I was just telling him on the internet, uh, you know, it was paying $400 to win, you know, in 1987 for a modified. Right. Okay. Oh. Where are we paying today? Yeah. There you go. 30 years later. Yeah. You know, Rick, uh, we were. We raced that national series, and back then, IMCA had a national series, and it was 1,000 to win every night in 87. And I remember Dan and I kept books. Uh, it cost us 3500 to build that car because we built the chassis, built the control arms, built the motor, built the trannies. And we spent the winter building backup stuff. You know, we'd have we'd start the season with about seven motors because we were going to get claimed. And, uh, 
uh, you know, we had machine shop for a sponsor, and so we got parts and cost. And but but literally, I remember '87. Uh, we went out opening night. We won East Moline. They had an IMCA national on Sunday night, so we won a grand. And Tuesday, we went to Princeton, Illinois, and I got past uh, Bob Pierce on the white flag. He motor was letting go, and and we won that. Now we got two thousand. We got thirty five hundred in our car. Then Wednesday, we went to Knoxville, and they had an IMCA national there, and we won that. We won $3,000, and we had 3500 in our whole car. Wow. So yeah. now when you look at, you know, the modified being, let's just pick a number. Say you got 25000 You got a used car and, you know, used stuff. Uh, still, uh, you know, the payback on that, you better have a rich uncle or, you know, a wealthy girlfriend or, you know. And by the way, Nick, do you have a girlfriend? I'm married. You're married? Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. Well, there girl you go. Too. I, that's one thing I never knew. Yeah. How long yep. have you been married? Uh, two, it'll be two years in June 1st. Now, do you give mom and dad any grandkids yet? Yep, yep. We got a daughter, Hadley. She's four. Okay. I just saw the Hadley's watching. She says, hey. Oh, <laughs> I that? like that. Yep. that. No, okay. I think, and I think that's cool that you guys that you guys build your own motors. That was something I grew up in. As, uh, yeah. You know, I was talking earlier about being out in the shop, and uh, my 360 is, is apart, and we're actually putting it back together to run. So, yeah, I don't understand the guys that don't. Do yeah. that that don't you know because you don't necessarily have to have a shop as big as mine to you know to be able to pull heads off and change valve springs and stuff like that i have a two and a half car garage i mean yeah. and it's all race car stuff wife complains she can has never yeah. parked her car in a garage <laughs> yeah, no, you know, but you know it's you're like, working on it i've done that for years you know i mean it just was some way that i always when i first started out it was out of my pocket and i didn't have a great job and uh that's the only way i could make it you know uh, i mean if you can do it guys yeah. Learn how to do it. Because Without a doubt. Do it. My God. Without a doubt. So, Nick, I'm a grandparent. You know, I got a grandson and a granddaughter. So the question is, we got to carry on that Hickson name. Mm-hmm. When's the grandson coming along? I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to know that, yeah. That's, uh, I got three granddaughters. Yeah, my sister's got two girls, and I got a girl. Uh, I don't What's know. the deal? We keep giving my brother a hard time telling him he needs to get Step with it. Up. He's going to be the one to have a boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That is well, I'll awesome. tell you what. We sure had a good time having you guys on. I appreciate you coming on, and, you know, you're a great interview. Yeah, Nick, I wish you nothing but the best, and uh, – Rick, you never know. Maybe one of these days you might uh, talk to Dave and Sharon and get that car out and just take her out for a spin. Yeah, you never know. You, you never, never know. know. Right. I, I put jabs in every once in a while trying to get it going. That's right. That'd there be you nice. Go. Yeah. Pat, you got any words in uh, closing? You know, it's great to have. I love father and son duos. Um, you know, I miss my dad dearly. Shane and I talk about it all the time, and it's so great to see a father and son, um, you know, racing together and, and out enjoying it. So uh, it's great to have you guys. Thanks for coming and joining us, and thanks for a great show. And any words of wisdom, uh, Rick, we close out with? If you can build it yourself, do it. I like there you that. Go. You will save I love you, Nick. Yeah, make pretty, it much, pretty much that. Uh, it's it's pretty uh, interesting. Sometimes you go, if I'm not racing, I'll go watch and, and walk through the pits and some of the things that some of the guys can't fix or diagnose because they don't do a lot of the stuff themselves. costs them a lot. You know, it costs them a night because they don't know right. what's going on. and. I mean, there isn't much that we can't, we haven't been able to figure out when we were at the track, unless you know some chasing electrical issue or something that you can't never find. Good, good. we've all yep. been there. Well, thanks for tuning in to uh, True Grit. We had a good time. Uh, had you guys on. We'll have to have you on again sometime. I'm glad uh, we kept us busy. That's right. And, and don't forget, we're here every Monday. Every Monday, 7 p.m. Please like and share. Uh, it helps us all out. And uh, go to Dunright TV and support what they're doing and, and support the videos as well. All right.
Thanks for tuning in. We'll be seeing you around the track. Huh?